This is a Niche Radio podcast. For more, visit www.nicheradio.co.za. Welcome to our Come Join Us podcast channel. Uh, we this morning at the lovely Bon Garage, and it's still wacky wine, and there's quite a few wackies outside, so we're enjoying all the fun. And while I'm in the Robertson Wine Valley, I thought I'd brought you or bring you to one of my favorite wine cellars in the States. It's Bon Garage, and I've got the awesome Jacques Perret with me here. Um, grew up together, live 5Ks or even 3Ks from here as well. My parents farm as well. Um, yeah, so my history was Bon Garage. Um, so what first wine cellar I worked at when I was younger. Um, I used to play weekend sports and things like that. And then I had to at some point decide if I didn't want to pack fruit on our farm, <laughs> I wanted to rather pull wine <laughs> than pack fruit. So I started working in December with Jock's sister, Maud. She had a lovely little coffee shop just around here, but she's changed now. It's also part of the whole building. And yeah, it was amazing. I think I, I learned a lot of wine and um, I've always been a big foodie and winey. And yeah, it's very special to be with you here this morning, Jacques. Um, thank you for having me. Um, I think number one, we should start with the oyster. Yeah, because your sure. oyster and for your sure. bubblies is yeah. what makes you. Yeah. So maybe I'll just okay. pick it up there. Or you've got okay. it there, I believe. So you want to show us what we are drinking? Yeah, we're going to drink the, you wanna the Jacques Vert Brut. Reserve. Okay. Uh, 2011 vintage. Okay. Uh, this wine actually is, is very special to me because um, it is a brainchild uh, which was originated in 1990. My first release, the first bubble I did make. And uh, this one was now also uh, awarded with the National Wines, the National Wines Spirits Competition. The best in its class, a double double gold basically based sparkling wine unfortunately uh we weren't uh, yeah, unfortunately we weren't allowed to uh to to, to compete with the champagnes uh because we're not champagne we are not no. champagne so we uh, competed against the yeah. rest of the world uh, the sparkling sparklings of the world okay and uh yeah so um cheers to this um, it's, it's a blend of uh, pinot noir and chardonnay 6040. Nice, rich, round creaminess. And then obviously uh, we should have it with the oyster because uh, the, the creaminess. And uh, I would say always the, the, this is one of the exotic drinks that you have or a style that you have yes. uh, in the wine industry. So why not have it with a delicatessen from, from the sea? So yeah. So, so yeah, so shall we have some of these? Divine. Ooh. One of my favorites. Yeah. So you can grab one there. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm going to put some yeah. lemon yeah. on it as well. Yeah. Here we go. And I have our shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our shot from the sea. These are from West Coast. Oysters. Yeah, West Coast oysters, because I believe mm. that uh, you need to have them. Oh, well, to me, I'm uh, I'm very fond of, of, of the West Coast oysters because it's, it's, it's from cold water. And I think that lends to give it more creaminess and richness. Yeah. Uh, so not not taking any away, uh, anything away from the so from the south coast. Yeah. So so thanks. Um, but don't but, you find them a bit more salty as well? Yes, for sure, for sure. And so that's I will, what's nice about it. I will I will rather prefer. Oh, oh shit. These things happen. Yeah. So uh, as I said, it's uh, to me it's just uh, a favorite uh, to have to have a, a oyster from the west coast. Um, I think. It's okay. just how I. And it's I Saldana or whereabouts? Yeah, it? Saldana. Yeah. Saldana. Yeah. Okay. 
No, I also it. enjoy. I must say, if I like, if I like to eat oysters, I would. I love eating West Coast mm, oysters. Mm, mm. It's always been a firm. Okay, favorite. can I just keep this and then just put? Yeah, it perfect. Mm. Divine. Okay. So I know you matriculated also at Robertson High School where I was. And, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was. A, that's when I was born. <laughs> yeah. So tell me. What made you become a winemaker? I know your father has done it. You've done it for years and years and years. How many generations already? Well, yes, I'm, I'm third generation, so it's been in the family since the late 1920s. Um, yeah, if I can maybe give you a little bit of history on the farm. Uh, it is uh, it, 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 the, the, my grandfather bought. Uh, he was actually originated from the Dewop uh, area in, in Robertson, and uh, he's got. He had. They were two brothers, and uh, the farm was too small for them to. The farm together. So he actually bought the farm in 1927 on a bankrupt auction. Okay. Uh, it was, I believe, from the Dutch Reformed Church, which used this facility that we are where, where we are sitting now was uh, used as a training school for farm managers in those days. But yeah, they uprooted all the vineyards. So the cellar was here because the previous guy made a little bit of wine before, prior to them. Uh, but they uprooted the vineyards, so the cellar became stable for the horses and the, and the sheep and everything. They farmed with ostriches and the peaches and apricots. So, um, so yeah, it, uh, maybe that's why the, the, the business didn't prosper, because they uprooted the vineyards. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, my grandfather bought it. He replanted again and then, yeah, set the wheel rolling. Uh, so my, grand, my father actually joined him in 1965, I think, on the farm. Yeah, and then in 83 we were registered as the state, so I think that is really where we've bottled our first three wines. I know it was a Blanc de Noir, a Carnot, and I think it was a Colomb, a Chenin Blanc, was it? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I joined in 1990, uh, and uh, yeah, so how I came, became involved actually is that uh, you grew up with it, uh, you were in the vineyards all the time, riding with your dad on the motorbike. Uh, going going to the cellar, I know my mother always brought me up. While I was small, she brought me down to the cellar, and I I worked with the grapes. I was very because there wasn't any mechanical things. Uh, the the wagons uh, offloaded onto a platform, and then then one guy had to work with a with a fork. He had to work the the, the grapes into the machines or yes. the crushers, and I helped him because I had a broom and I pushed the grapes forward. I think right. that is uh, small things that actually. Uh, was building like blocks. Uh, it just bring you, brought you more involved uh, yes. in, in the situation. And uh, and yeah, um, but really not, I wasn't aware that I wanted to become a winemaker. And it was really actually after matric, really, um, when I did, had to do my national defense, or where well, I had to go to the national service in the defense force, we had to do three years, uh, two, two years. And I was situated or stationed in, uh, in the signals uh, Department in 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 Heidelberg in Transvaal in those days, mm. and uh, I think it was there. I I gave um, I gave basic training there to to, to the, the, the 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 second year uh, incoming, and uh, I think that was where I decided to listen. Uh, where <laughs> I am now is not where I wanted to be. So, <laughs> so and I think that was the that was the short and the sweet thing of it. Uh, making me decide. Okay, listen, um, you must uh, do something next year. So that is where I entered in for. For the agricultural college in Elsenburg. Okay, great. And uh, yeah, and then actually it, it just fell into place. Um, I got selected. Uh, in those days, they only selected uh, the top ten uh, students uh, to become if you wanted to do a winemaking course uh, at, at the cellar. And uh, yeah, so I was one of the ten. And I think I was also blessed with a block of Chardonnay then, and that awesome. is where the 
The champagne actually also started to, to bite me, and uh, they said to me, you're going to make up to sick. And uh, yeah, and they, there's where I, where, I, where I started it. And uh, again, just when I got back to the farm, uh, yeah, then, then it was the, 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 the making of the cup to seek. Yes. And uh, uh, it was just actually also by mistake because my father said to me, uh, listen, uh, you, you, you need to bring something different to the farm now because uh, I was doing managing the farm, I was managing the cellar because yes. it was a, a, a relatively small business. And uh, so, yeah, um, he said to me, Okay, what can you bring? And I said, okay, well, I want to make to, I want to make the the cup to sink. And actually, again, that is how the wheel turns. And I, I, we, we didn't have a basket press because we had to press whole grapes. And uh, I said to him, well, listen, uh, we need to have a press. And uh, so I said to him, well, uh, there under the oak tree is a is an old basket press. It's a 1952 model Baslin uh, that was being taken out of the cellar. So now you can uh, maybe. Uh, start it up again and then yeah. uh, redo it. And actually, it was the same press that I was used to when my father, when, when I was like small in 1976, mm. when he was uh, pressing the grapes with that press, and now he just brought the press back, back and, 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 and it was operating again. That's yeah, amazing. that's a short of how I became involved. But yeah, it's, uh, there's nothing else I want to do. It's making that's wine. That's <laughs> yeah. no, That's what pure passion mm. is. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, but passion is always a very loose word. I mm. think people don't realize it's still you really yeah. in it. Yeah, and no, you do sure. what you really love yeah. till what ends meet. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. You will, you, will do, you will go at any length, to any length, to, to just achieve your goal. And then you must be innovative. You must be inventive all the time. So it's okay. really, it's, uh, yeah. but that's what's making it so nice. Because I like to do different things. For yes. me, I'm, I'm getting quickly bored of doing the same thing over and over again. So you want to have a challenge to do something new. And if you don't do it like that, then, then winemaking is not for you. Because you need to, to try and do new stuff. How do you force yourself to innovate? Or what well, do you do? No, no, well, you, you, you read a lot, obviously, and I taste a lot of wine, and you obviously must ask questions. Uh, yes. you, must, you must be on top of your game all the time. Taste as many wines as you like. Mm. And just, just, what did this guy do? How did they do it here? And then obviously you need to, have, to be friends with the whole industry. Just talk mm. to them and just by conversation, small things guys are saying, well, listen, this can work with me as well. So mm. I haven't tried it before. And it's basically basic things. It's just do not you tweak really... your recipes with your wines every year, we, but we, keep it consistent yeah, also well, to the Yeah, well, we try to keep it uh, consistent, obviously, because you want to have a certain style of yes. wine. but. But yeah, nature is, is difficult because yeah. you don't get each and every time the same uh, the same product. weather or the same product. So, so you need to be on top of that. So, um, but yeah, we try to keep the same standard or mm. the sa well, obviously the standard must be high, but the same style because you don't want to have different styles. You, your your brand mustn't go up and down. Yeah, it's, it's consistency. Yeah. Is CSP. Consistency is the key, and then I think we can we can. Uh, show that over our past record that consistency is going on here because of all the, the track record we have with all our wines and not only with one style of one but like eight different styles of wine and cultivars so, yeah. so all of them making award winning yeah. wines yeah. and your whole family is involved still today yeah, well, uh, yeah the whole family it's uh, me um, Peter is my younger brother he joined us uh, in uh, it was I think it was around about uh, 26 yeah and uh so yeah, so we, but he's now running the finances. My father is still still in the farm, uh, semi-retired, I must say, because uh, he, he's still here every morning, and uh, <laughs> I speak to him every day. So oh, he's and we, yeah, yeah, and, uh, and we, we do a lot of stuff. We, we ride together on the farm and just uh, discuss all the stuff. 
Uh, I've got now Philip uh, Fillion also, which is the new winemaker in the cellar. And, and he's uh, also from Robertson. He's also from yeah. Robertson, actually. He's, he's was one of our neighbors by, by farming Fantastic. about two kilometers from here. So, um, so yeah, so, so it, it, made me, it, it made me a little bit more versatile. So I'm, I'm not so hooked in the cellar now again, so, so I can leave a bit, and then I also can concentrate on in the vineyards as well. No. That's, that's the thing that we try to achieve now, because I know that the cellar... Uh, in the cellar, all the stuff is running good with Philip taking care there, so try to do it maybe better into the vineyards. And because uh, that is actually where the wine Great is thought. obviously made, yeah. So, your father used to be mostly, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I'm sort of taking semi over from him as well on okay, that side, I see. So. yeah. So, so he can maybe go early in the weekend, maybe take a long weekend or something like that. <laughs> 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 that always helps, yeah, for sure. And you normally but, go and have holiday at Strasby, yeah. Strasby is, uh, well, yeah, Cape of Gallus, not Strasby, Cape okay, of Gallus. Cape of Gallus. So that's okay. where I stay. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I always say that is a bit further south than Strasby, but yeah, that is the place that I go to to just relax, one down. Uh, whenever you need to clean your head, you just go there. You, go there. you, you just take it a very quiet, uh, well, evenings, obviously, with the bride. But then maybe read or watch a little bit of television. You and catch fish. And obviously, well? obviously that is one of my hobbies to catch fish. Um, Strasbourg is one of the one of the hubs in South Africa these days. Mm. Uh, a lot of marlin actually is coming out there, also tuna. Mm. But yeah, we we are we are. But basically, Strasbourg is famous for the yellowtail and the cob and the, so so the that is the, yeah. So okay. that is the thing. But yeah, we do that. Awesome. So, um, before, you've obviously worked here a lot, and uh, did you travel maybe a little bit overseas, go and see how different it is overseas and what they do? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, when, when I uh, actually now joined my father in 1990, I, I, I had the opportunity, I know still uh, Lolly Lawrence, he was, um, he was then actually working with Nittlensoff. Uh, okay. He had a contact for me in Germany, actually, and, and, and uh, so... Again, it just goes to show how things work. It is, he couldn't go, so he, he phoned me up and he said, listen, uh, I've got this job, would you like to to, to go there? And uh, I said, well, yeah, by all means, I would like to see how the German guys do, because um, we were new world, but they were the first world. So, so the, the, the old world style, you need to see what those guys are also doing. But yeah, and there I worked in a big cellar, so uh, not really actually... Uh, um, seeing how the or how the practices is, but uh, just to see how a German seller operates because everything yes. was clinic. Or cl well, yeah, okay, I can say it's it yeah. was like clinical, you know, yeah. clinical, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, um, by doing only three or four guys do ten guys work in that seller, so they are. So, yeah, so, yeah, so, so we we were actually I was in the in the in the preparing of the wine for filtration and stabilization just prior to bottling. And uh, so that was uh, also a nice uh, excursion for me. And then the year afterwards, uh, we went actually a bit of backpacking. Uh, with uh, I actually went with two friends, and uh, so so and uh, we were short a bit of short of money. So so we signed up there at a in the Beaujolais, I think it was uh, we signed up there for for a harvest, and uh, we we lucky got it. And I we first were, were were working in the vineyards by by picking grapes, and then they took me into the cellar because I told the guy what about. With my broken French, which I said, no, basically non-existing French. French. Uh, then they took me in the cell and said, "Okay, you can run the presses for us." And so that is when you learn to do stuff their ways and stuff. So yeah, that was uh, was nice. Yeah. Did you work mostly with champagne more, or uh, well, what no, type of stuff? No, 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 no. That was the Beaujolais was was basically Pinot Noir, but yeah. uh, it was it was. Fresh, fresh young ones uh, to be drunk early. Okay. So, so basically, no, no experience in France or in Champagne area. But that, that experience, I 
learned myself and yeah. I taught myself. Yeah. 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 But yeah, also learning what other guys are doing and yeah. uh, there's a lot of guys that you can just go and talk to. So some of my favorite wines that Jackson got is the Encara range. And yeah. um, tell us about your Encara wines. That's his mm. prime red wines. Yeah, yeah. That, that was also the, the second uh, wine I introduced, uh, the range I introduced to the farm. It was done, the first vintage was done in 2001. Uh, actually, when when I was now settling more into the into the wine thing uh, on Bon Courage, um, after the the MCC was now running good, um, my father said to me, "Well, listen, now we must do something else because we need to build the brand, and uh, um, but we must do something different." And we were all those things of terroir and uh, site-specific vineyards were coming into play, and so yeah, so we decided we okay, well, we've got a vineyard which I think is. Very site-specific, a uh, block of Shiva, so it was the first uh, wine that we actually did as a single vineyard. Yes. And then we had to, okay, obviously I had to call it a name, and then uh, I know Farnas, uh, my cousin, Farnas Brewer from Quadler yes. Wines, actually, he, he helped me with the wines, or the name, because it was actually a guy... That's not the name, yeah. I didn't yeah. know that at all. He, 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 well, actually, we, we thought of... Uh, bringing the, the fourth generation into it. And he said, well, listen, you've got three children. Just take abbreviations from their, from their names. And, and that was Inga, uh, I-N, and then K-A-R was Carly, and then A for Andre, which is my youngest so, son. So Inkara. It's a, a lot of people say Inkara, but basically I would say more Inkara. Inkara. Uh, and, uh, okay, great. So that is our flagship roots. Uh, we're doing a cab, we're doing a Shiraz, and then a uh, uh, Merlot as well. Yeah. But your flagship Shiraz, the Shiraz I think, uh, is the Shiraz is the most consistent, and I think it's the one that's actually doing the best uh, for for doing a uh, for doing a, a red wine in that style. Like, okay. I think Cabernet is also very good sometimes, but Cabernet is difficult in Robertson, so you need to have the right climatical conditions. Mm. Otherwise, it's good, but it's not the best. Yeah, yeah it, sure. it's so lovely to talk about mm. doing reds also mm. in Robertson because we're mostly yeah. known yeah. for Chardonnay. Yeah, and uh, I mean, and how you the styles you adapt mm. with it as well. And do you also find you also on a lot of limestone as well, like yeah, all the other sure. farms? Yeah, no, for sure. I think all our Chardonnay grapes, uh, especially the ones that we produce for the well for the the the, the, the Rosé, mm. uh, and uh, also the the, the Pinot Noirs actually also it stands on that. Uh, uh, the the how can I say now? This uh, Chardonnay basically is is, is all gravelly soils, Peru uh, soils, um, chalk, and then uh, the reds. The red grapes basically is in the middle of the farm, uh, more more alluvial soils, which is more because we, we on the farm we had basically three different style, styles of soil because there's two side branches from the river, actually the Breda River that runs to the farm. Over these years they brought a lot of different soil types for us from the That's from the Longabath. Yeah. The Karoo the, the soils, I think the lime actually came from the Karoo. Yeah. Which was because uh, we, we are on the plateau of the of the of the Breda River. So all, when the river starts flow to slow when it enters the river, the, the side branches it it leaves the soil here, and that is actually what happened. That is quite interesting, mm. yeah, yeah, especially with all the soil type. Yeah, yeah. So Jacques going to show us exactly how to pop a proper bottle of MCC. Yeah, it, must, <laughs> it mustn't pop, actually. It must just sigh. <laughs> <laughs> that is okay, exactly let's, that. Let's go and see how it goes. Not, what, have you, what have you poured in our five? Uh, this is the Cuvée Rosé Brut. It is our 100% Pinot Noir, uh, also from the 2011 vintage. Don't you find it Pinot Noir is quite a very difficult type of grape? It is a difficult type of grape, but not as difficult to make while you do it as a base one. It's, 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 it's really a challenge to make as a red wine. I must say it's a challenge for us. 
in in in, in Robertson because uh, there's not a lot here. Yeah, there's not a lot of pinnacles. No. no, we we try to make we we try to make ones. Uh, it actually happens every five years with some when I'm actually sort of because it's not there's not continuous vintages. Um, okay, sometimes we will use more for the for the but um, we do sometimes make but just a little bit so for 3,000 bottles so it's very little but you, we, we struggle what I, what I struggle with here is, is that the wines are fermenting very nicely and then just after your know, malolactic fermentation then you, you use it with volatile acid and that is mm. I think a lot of these guys that all, we all got the same problem so that is a, a challenge for us to, 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 to overcome but yeah, as I said, it's the, it just shows you how different it is in the styles. Because when we do, when we press the whole bunches now for 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 the for the base wines, uh, there's lesser phenols in it because we only use like 600 liters per ton. Mm. And that wines, when they ferment, they're so beautiful, and you can leave the wine on the lees without any sulfur, and it doesn't pick up so much volatile. That's amazing. It just goes to show. It. I think it all depends on on, uh, on on how you work with the grapes. And uh, so, yeah, so what we're going to do next year is probably that we will we will make our red wine with whole bunches. But now, in the end, you will press the whole, you, know, you can't actually do it like that because you need to ferment on the skins to get the color. Yes. So, so by by pressing it gentle, it's, it's not going to work with red wine. But no. you can do it with the base. Why don't you normally keep it on the skins for your base wine? Uh, for well, basically, we, we don't keep it on the skins. We, we, we just press, and we press a little bit harder. Normally, we, we will press the white caps, we will press 500 liters per ton, we will press uh, 600 liters. So just to give you, you will see this This is a very light very color. Very light, yeah. And uh, to me, I don't really mind too much about the color. Uh, I just need a, a, like a little bit of pinkiness or a coppery, or a coppery uh, color to it. So that is, to me, is, is adequate for rosé. So... I don't want to make it too pink to say, yeah, this is a pink wine. Mm. Because that is not where it goes. It just it, it is it's darker in color maybe, but coppery. That is what what I would okay. like to, for me is that is a, a adequate for. for How long is your bubbles normally on the lease? On the lease, uh, not long, not not shorter than five years or sixty months. Uh, this the, the twenty eleven now spent seventy months on the lease. So so that is why we try to I mean, and basically that is uh, because we are in the state, uh, we are declaring vintages every year. So to, to me, that's a single vineyard. Uh, so it's a single vintage that we we, we want to do, and it's something special. So that rather keep it long on the lease and like a. It's expensive, though. It's not expensive. It's, it's not also, but I think you have to do it the right way. There's Thank only you. one way, and that's the right way. There's no, there's no yeah. short, not short. Yeah. And um, production-wise, how big is your production? So about um, our, our, production, our production uh, is about fifty to seventy thousand bottles uh, per year, um, and uh, I think we, we we're not going to grow it uh, bigger than that because um, I would need to invest in in, in handling. Oh, well, I'm, at the moment, I'm handling. I will have to. Really? To, I Every will single have, bottle. Yeah, but not me, not me. I did it, but not, not, not me anymore. Uh, so, yeah, so no. what hand riddling means is that you need to turn a right. lot, all often. Uh, well, we do it uh, in the morning and then also always in the afternoon. So, so it's twice a day, eighth of a turn. So 60,000 bottles. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you can see, um, you will see. Show um, them inside there. There uh, we go. Uh, I'm just going to lift it. Yeah. Okay, you see, there, there's a mark there. Okay, well, maybe just yeah. like this. Can you see the mark? Yes, there I can see it. Okay, now that mark actually shows that the bottle was marked. That is for the riddler to see how far he must turn the bottle each and every time. And so, they are precision? Yeah, they are precision. We start, say, at 12 o'clock or 6 o'clock, 
and then it starts to turn, and in the end you make a full rotation, and then all the leaves goes down into the into the, 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 the jewel. And um, so yeah, so that that uh, so we will have to invest then in in, in gyro pallets, which is mechanical things, which is. That's what they use in champagne. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, but that's like the big holes, like Murray. The big, yeah, they, they they don't show that to you because uh, obviously they need to have those machines to do it. But they will show you that the people are still riddling. So there is professional riddlers in champagne for sure. Yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's perfection. Yeah. And your guys that you use, are they've been doing it for years and years and years. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for 20, 20 odd years. How long have we been produce, producing? Yeah, twenty five. And you only have two or three that does I've it? I've got two guys doing it. Yeah. And they, it takes, I turn 10,000 bottles uh, at a time, so it takes them about 20 minutes to half an hour. So, so 10,000 yeah. bottles? Yeah, That's yeah. insane. That goes quickly. Yeah. Yeah. You use two hands, not one hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm. So, and, and other white wines or other wines, I know that you've got Blush that most yeah. people know as well. Yeah, yeah, the Blush. Um, yeah. The Blush is a very... Um, a little bit more sweeter. It is a bubble. I think you can sort of explain to us what is the difference between your blush and, and yeah, MCC. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, well, MCC obviously is the classic uh, method of champenoise. Um, the blush is a is a, is a carbonated wine actually. Uh, yes. It will be, be impregnated with, with carbon dioxide, so you get bubbles. So it's not natural, but it's made from a grape muscadel, which is very similar or synonym to Robertson. Now, Muscadel, obviously, as you know, all is is, is uh, normally fortified wine with higher alcohol. So we decided to, to give it a bit of a tweak, and we fermented the Muscadel dry, and then we sweetened it again, uh, and then uh, we put uh, some bubbles in it. So it's it's like a cider. Uh, and then I, I know that the young people, uh, I would say tomorrow's wine drinkers, we introduced them. They got introduced to blush, sparkling. Wine, because sparkling wine is, 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 is obviously the higher end of the market. Sparkling is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a hype at the moment. The bubbles is uplifting. So mm. I think those drinkers will eventually go over to, to proper MCC. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I agree with you because yeah. I had, um, when I was at school and then obviously trained in a chef in Stellenbosch and then I met friends yeah, there. Yeah. And most of my friends are also that doesn't come from the Western Cape and so forth yeah. as well. And they, they start all with sweeter so wines. That's how it and I eventually yeah. today yeah. they all drink white wine yeah. and bubbly, yeah, dry yeah, bubbly's, dry bubbly's, yeah, now, yeah. And then yeah, the, the white wines we produce, we also do the, the, the gooseberry bush uh, Sauvignon Blanc, uh, which is a very tropical style. Um, Sauvignon Blanc to me is also one of the favorites to drink was normally when you don't know what you drink you drink sauvignon blanc because it's, it's just so so versatile because there's so many flavors coming through i'm, I'm not such a particular fond of the the, the greenness it's nice to have it in there but uh, you want to have more flavors to me that's maybe sometimes quite one-dimensional so i want something which is tropical which is nice and easy to consume yes. and uh every time you sip it or, or taste it you you, you, you something you get something different yes and, uh, so that is that is what making for me that a challenge as well awesome. and, uh, and if you make a good sauvignon blanc then the whole vintage is just even better because sauvignon blanc is some of the grapes that comes in first and everybody wants to know how's the sauvignon blanc this year and i say if that is good then everything is good <laughs> so then we can go with the harvest <laughs> so i'm going to ask you a personal yeah. question yeah. yeah if you don't drink your own wine Whose wine do you drink? What wine do you drink? I, I, okay, a lot. Well, there's quite a lot of wines that I would like to drink. Chardonnay, I would. Well, if I, if it's Chardonnay, obviously I would like to. I would drink the sight of the Vezzo. Yes. Uh, Sauvignon Blanc, I like the New Zealand styles, the cloudy bays. I mm-hmm. like the Marlboros. I like this. There is wines that I uh, also. Uh, we were we were introduced into the wines uh, when I was just making 
started making wines, they, they, they actually gave us a, a, it was a big, uh, they brought all the winemakers those days together and showed us the New Zealand styles of wine, the New World styles, because everybody was running or, or trying to make this, the same thing as the French or the Germans and stuff like that. So, so we got uh, a few guys, I, I can't remember, I know Aubrey was involved there and Eugene Van Sale, he was involved in a lot of Dampy Bailey and all those guys and they, they brought in a few New Zealand styles. And then they let us taste that our industry taste that there was and said, well, listen, this is what we actually should do because this is new world and this is the right. And that was, I was always hooked to, to, to that new, new world styles of wine. Oh, so. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But yeah, that is basically with uh, red wines. Yeah, the Grenel red wines is good. Uh, the Shiraz is nice. Uh, I like them. And then obviously um, also Landsend wines. Yes. Is that, uh, the, the, the Overbergs area is also making amazing okay. stuff. Yes. When they get the when they get the heels right, because I I know that they always struggle with the southeaster that actually <laughs> do their summer pruning for them. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but yeah, okay, that is that's another story. Well, Jacques, it's mm-hmm. been fun, and yeah, well, I want to say personally thank you so much yeah, for yeah, inspiring well. me. Yeah, well, yeah, it's because a I had such a great time working with you guys when I was yeah, in well, school. Yeah, well, thanks again, and, uh, and thanks for all your insights. I think uh, uh, in the, in the beginning it was really hard, but uh, I think. Yeah, you had something to do with uh, with the uh, making of it, so so that is. No, I, and I, I absolutely yeah. love what I do, yeah. and yeah. I I really get inspiration from people such as yourselves. Oh, okay. So cheers, cheers. Yeah, and so cheers to Bongarage, yeah. cheers nice to you all. To you. Yeah, yeah, I like yours. Cheers to all. Yeah. Cheers. Okay. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or log into www.nicheradio.co.za.